1: and perspectives a couple that survived he's
0: kind of like an imp- impetuous guy and in, in many ways that's great in some ways it's tough when you're married
1: what leads them back to each other communication conversation and a realistic outlook on the world we live in your hosts anthony and deirdre scaramucci this is mooch and the missus so we
0: officially have the longest introduction we cut on the, the introduction. face of
1: history. Yeah, we don't really have that sensible of a worldview either. <laughs> we're sort of very unsensitized <laughs> worldview. But we have a uh, special guest which we're going to introduce very quickly. We talk about the news of the day, but we're going to talk a lot about your book. Uh, this is a legendary author, Tim Samuels, who authored Future Man, How to Evolve and Thrive in the Age of Trump, Mansplaining... And hashtag me and hashtag me too, but I you you know welcome to the show. Thank you, thanks guys. And by the way,
0: so we brought your book on our trip. We just went on a little vacation, Mm -hmm. and I was talking to somebody at like the swim up bar in the pool, and he happened to be a young man who was I think like around nineteen or twenty years old, but he was definitely an interesting guy, and he was a little quirky. He was telling me about the koalas that he recently experienced on his trip to australia how they weren't aware of the me too movement <laughs> yeah they m- and they were they were making they a were a move handsy on with his bo- mother they were making a it was very funny they were but moving it, on the boobs it, it, but it made me think of but you know did, did the book you, that we were reading
1: when, when you were i don't know if they had this uh, show in london you're obviously from manchester but you live now where i live in london now. Yeah, did, yeah did they have a show maybe 20 plus years ago called return of the caveman no. Did you ever see no, that no, show? No. Okay. Did you Could ever you see star that show in that? It? or Trump? <laughs> no. I is knuckle dragging. I should have started it. I would have been a replacement. But the Return of the Caveman was a comedy that came out in the late '80s, early '90s. It was a one-man uh, Broadway play. And oh, the, Oh, yeah. You remember it? Uh-huh. Okay. And so when I was, I remember reading, they revived it. On when Broadway. I was reading your book, I was like, okay, this is like your book is a modern expression of the return of came in with the new edge to what's going on now and the clash between conservative values and uh, me-tooism and mansplaining and all this other stuff. And so so anyway, but anyway, the, it was a very funny description, and you do a beautiful job in your book of explaining where we are today and where you think we're going. So I just have to ask you a couple of questions. Okay, so the first one please is— Please do, it's your podcast. Yeah, so, so the first one is— uh, uh, tell uh, tell our v- listeners from your voice a little bit about your book, but then why did you write it, and how did you get these insights? Because I was telling my wife and other people that you really have a very interesting pulse on the zeitgeist of what's going on, at least in the Western liberal democracy. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, well, thanks for having me. I'll, I'll I'll try not to do any kind of koala-like behavior. But you, <laughs> you, you,
1: you can do. move on, Neil. He'll you get very ready. Well, you you, can... <laughs> if you squeeze Neil's breast, first of all, at 23, you should— at, at 23, you should have a firmer chest than that. So you'll it probably won't express milk or anything like that. Oh but they are my very, God! They're I, very soft I, male oh. breasts. But That's let me different. tell let you, know, so.
2: let you tell you from my research, yeah. if 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 Neil drank a lot of soya milk every day, <laughs> yeah, he, he, yes. he could uh, he could have some estrogenic action. Yeah, up you top. see
1: that. So the testes shrink and the breasts get bigger. Neil, well, you do. do. Do don't more. be ordering the soy Neil, lattes. Neil, do more push-ups, Neil. Otherwise, Tim may give you koala <coughs> bear squeeze. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. Um,
2: so uh, <laughs> a world away from koalas. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in a kind of very liberal media environment, working for the BBC, living in kind of big cities. And the, the thing which has always struck me in, in, in my journalism and documentaries, I've done stuff around immigration, um, what's kind of going on in, in Britain and around the world, is that people don't take men seriously. So a few years ago we had we had this radio show in, in the UK called Woman's Hour and it's been on for about seventy years now and I said, you know, can we have a men's hour? And it took years, but we got it we got it commissioned and then the more I spent time with guys I realised that the the way men are depicted in the media is so... It's barely two-dimensional. It's kind of like one-dimensional. Benny Hill? So wait, what do, you what do we... That? Media <laughs>
0: meaning like television, movies, all media, right?
2: Yeah, you know, magazines especially. You know, you, you see a glossy magazine and you think a guy cares about a watch and an airbrush woman and that's it, and he's got nothing to say. Right. Uh, you see an advert and, God forbid, someone leaves a baby with a guy. There's, you know, there's a, there's that, a domestic oh, Can meltdown. I just
0: interrupt you for a second? Mm. So my dad, he's no longer with us, but he used to get so pissed about commercials... He used to complain all the time that, or sitcoms, saying that they always made the men look so inept and like they could never do anything. And that all they did was follow their wives' instructions and they were like dodos. And it used to really bother him. And I was like, why does he even care? You know, but then when I think about it flipped, because I know there are certain stereotypes with women. I, I see why it makes people angry. Yeah, but I mean, it's
2: equivalent it's to saying, he, he, oh, what are you doing out of the kitchen? Right, exactly.
0: I know. I get yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. But anyway, so... Keep going.
2: Uh, so, uh, this this <laughs> kind of image of men was out then. I just thought I wanted to speak to how men really are, because men we're not this big homogenous lump. We are, as uh, we're kind of some are doing well, some are struggling. Um, you seem to Anthony's walking over to give you a hug. I think. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> squeezed her boob in a I really. with, I a, with a pen light.
1: a People that are listening to the podcast and how we really are. I just squeezed her boob with a pen
2: light shining. You. Yeah, anyway,
0: you're yeah. interrupting him. He's
2: you, I can't wait to check the opening out. If you need to... If you need to uh,
0: we don't need to do anything. Take this, if you need no. to take
2: action, I'm a witness to what just okay. happened. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Good. Um, so uh, men, we, we, men aren't being represented. We are kind of... Con- we are complicated. We We have emotional depth and vulnerability. And some guys are doing great at the moment. The guy's at the top in this economy. And a lot of guys are having a really hard time. They're struggling out there. And they're not going to do better than their dads. And they are more like to end up in jail or have mental health problems. So I just wanted to tell the story of what's really going on with men from the kind of lighter side of dating and the kind of crazy choice out there to the more serious side around mental health to the... Men have become a big political force. If you don't take men seriously, you make them... Uh, Right for radicalization because they're they're crying out to be taken seriously and uh, mm-hmm. that's something that the right does a lot better than the left.
1: Mm-hmm. You have a you have a great quote in your book about men. Uh, one of the protagonists in the book you're describing, I can't remember which it was, but he said that men cry on the inside. Mm. Do you remember writing this? David Duchovny wrote that. David Duchovny, yes. Mm. Okay, there you go. David Duchovny. So so so. Uh, Tell us what you mean by that, or tell us what you think he means by that, David Duchovny. I think,
2: well, I, I, I met David and he read the book and um, he sent that to me afterwards. Uh, I think we are, I mean, I come from a country of stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. Um, over here, I guess it's kind ton of tough machismo and kind of cowboys. And, you know, we're brought up not to express show emotion. It's seen as a sign of vulnerability. Whereas, you know, we, we keep quiet and then we end up with mental health rates rocketing and opioid abuse and stuff so it's just important that we say okay i'm i'm a real man and i'm having a hard time or i need a bit of help
0: i as a woman think that is like way more attractive than some guy never having feelings or emotions Mm -hmm. and i think if you ask nine out of ten women they would say that they would like that um i don't know why anybody no one would ever believe that someone is so macho or so stiff upper lip that they would never have a a feeling or an emotion. So to me, I don't get that whole thing. I mean, I guess we're taught to be, and women too, we have things that we're taught to be, you know, we're taught to be feminine and we're always apologizing for everything, even though it's not something to apologize for. And men are taught to never show um, weakness, which would be, I guess, crying. So I get it, but wouldn't you like it better? Like if a woman actually does things that, are Outside of the box of what she's supposed to be doing because I like men that do things that they're not supposed to do. Clearly,
1: you're asking me or Tim? Both I'm, of you, yeah, well, me for curious. sure. I mean, yeah. I think that the I think that the Abraxas is a very another interesting book that I read uh, recently called The Art of Human Nature by Robert Greene. I don't know if you've read any of his hmm. works, but his point is is that, like what Herman Hess wrote in the book Damien, there's an Abraxas you have some good sides to you, you have some bad sides to you. There's some darkness in all of us. And there's also female traits in all of us and uh, masculine traits in all of us. And so it, wouldn't it just be better to drop the overhang of all those stereotypes and what we're supposed to be and just actually just be, be who, we, just just actually be be who, who we you are? are. Yes. Yes. And that's what I love about your book. But you also are pointing out that the direction that we're going in doesn't seem to be getting us to, I think, where we want to go. It's... Causing a lot of like, as I'm banging into my microphone, yeah. like rocket, you know, rockets going off in different directions. I mean, it's more more or less led to the rise of Trump. Am I correct? Yeah, in saying I, I, that? I, mean, I think so. I mean, you're right about that. So explain I, that absolutely.
2: To us. So I I think loss is an incredibly powerful emotion, and I write that you just have to go to the casino and you watch someone who is who's losing. And you see how they are, they're just overcome by the desire to get back and they, they double up and they double up until they, they don't have a shirt on their back. Loss is a thing when you're lying awake at night. It's about the things that you've lost. Loss is twice as powerful as any sort of pleasure. And if you look at what guys have lost, they've lost their jobs uh, or job security, their kind of basic hunter-gathering. They've lost their status they might well lose their relationship as a result, their, their sense of self-esteem, their purpose, peer groups, being part of a union, being part, feeling part of something bigger, just whatever it is that gets you up in the morning. That is a very, very powerful set of losses and emotion that's built up there. So you're desperate. You're, you're the desperate gambler. And you think, well, the current system isn't working for me. Along comes someone like Donald Trump. And you think, why not? I'm going to put my bet on this guy, you know, he's going to turn over the whole roulette table. Mm-hmm. He's going to maybe shake things up. Um, and he's speaking to me in a way which I understand. You know, he has this kind of uh, I'm, I'm a guy, I've been there, I've done it. I'm going to bring back the coal, I'm going to bring back the jobs there. You know, almost like a kind of father figure when you're desperate, you can reach out to and, and trust. And it's not surprising that guys en masse. Flock behind Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, he he is this kind of alpha male. He is this. He has the, an independence that all men yearn. You know, he can say what he wants and get away with it. How mm-hmm. many men can do that these days? You're
0: totally right.
2: So I think you know he is this. Uh, he he's the, he's the kind of uh, the touch paper that's come along. I, I, and, and I couldn't. And I said what
1: I wanted. I got fired, and like I got fired like an Austin Powers villain. <laughs> do you, go back to the president's uh, paternalism, the concept, which of paternalism. is so interesting
0: because anyone. Who knows them actually says that they're and I don't know them and I'm not saying this is true or it's not but everyone says that they're kind of like not very close and he's not very in touch or close with his kids on a like a paternal in a paternal way that he's not like a warm and fuzzy you know he's a provider I
1: think it's the avatar of that what you're describing it's more of an avatar yeah yeah. what you're describing in the book is his age and his independence as you're pointing out is a gravitational pull to a lot of these disenfranchised
2: and, men, And right? he'll also say, here are the boogeymen, you know, immigrants, uh, foreign trade deals, Right, women, he points out the villains. You know, here are the boogeymen. <laughs> I'm going to protect you. I'm, phys- I'm physically protecting you. You know, I promised to build this wall. So I, I think for uh, for guys who are on their economic downers, it's a very, obviously, it's a very appealing prospect. It is this kind of patrician, successful alpha male who Said, I, I hear you and I'm gonna look after you. So, but whether he does or not, that's a that's a that's a wholly different. I question. am a young, vibrant man, <laughs> so, I, I know. by the so way. There's, the a, I, and I that gives us all hope for
1: aging, doesn't it? Yeah, but uh, the no, thing but I all of this is I, his ocular nerve damage. He actually thinks he's like 32 <laughs> inch waist, 170. You <laughs> know, it's
0: called body dysmorphia, yeah, but mm-hmm. you no, know, so I see all. I see all of this stuff from the flip side. So I I what you're saying about men voting for him or following him, there's something to be said with that too because whether women want to believe it or not or admit it or not, they like somebody in whether it's their husband or their father or their president who makes them feel safe and protected and secure. And you know, some woman out there will be annoyed and say like I don't need that, I can do it myself, but mm. that's not the truth. And that's Part of the reason I think a lot of women voted for him the first time, but now he's screwed screwed that up now because now he's just like dissing and dismissing everybody. And as a mom, I can't be like, oh, yeah, you should do that and my kids should follow in your footsteps. Like, terrible example, so you got to go. But initially, people voted for him because of that, you know, I'll take you under my wing and you're safe and good uh,
2: to you. you know, can I ask you, do do you think that he deliberately sets to – Sets out to kind of tap into that that male psyche. or Was it something which c- just came naturally?
1: No, he's he's very good at that. He is. Yeah, but a,
0: is he premeditated or he's totally
1: premeditated? No, totally premeditated. So he thinks I'm going to appeal to these people. A, he or has just... a
2: very weird
1: form of OCD. Uh, he has an internal conversation going on with himself where he's. Uh, it's all premeditated. It's all strategic. The whole tweeting mechanism against those four women that was designed to label the entire Democratic Party as left leaning, radicalized, uh nine eleven supporters and mm. ISIS supporters. And it was also a dog whistle to all of those people on the far right to get out there and get their voter participation up to help him. It's all it's all calculated. So to me, um when you're doing that, you're the President of the United States, we have only one person in our system that all of us vote on. Like, Mm. Don't know your system as well as our system. Maybe you don't have anybody because you have your members of parliament voting on your prime minister. But for us, we have one election every four years where the whole country gets to vote for one person to lead the country. And Harry Truman said it best that you have to be the leader for all the people, even the ones that didn't vote for you. So when you're talking like that, you know, it's racially charged, it's uh, desensitive, and it's very divisive. And so that's for me. Now, having said that, there's a whole group of people, white men, give them hell, beating their chests, dragging their testicles on the floor and (laughs) thinking that this is the greatest thing that ever happened, okay? The flip side of it is there are women out there, like this woman, uh, (laughs) Rampano, whatever her name is, I think she's a moron, okay? She's an arrogant moron, okay? So she's hurting her cause and she's espousing radicalism. You're talking about this soccer player for anyone who's confused. Anti-Americanism and all this other nonsense and that's actually a business plan. So she's espousing socialism and anti-Americanism and peace and social justice as a Colin Kaepernick business plan so she can make tens of millions of dollars for herself uh, with Nike. And Nike, rather than being an inclusive uh, uh, corporation, has now also split and said, hey, screw the white affluent people that buy these sneakers. We're going for the urban kids that buy these sneakers. So they... They throw the Betsy Ross flags into the garbage, and they're going after a certain genre. So, so Trump is, in my opinion, uh, great policies, ridiculous uh, delivery, ridiculous strategy. Like, if you had his policies with Barack Obama's personality, the guy would be at seventy-five percent approval rating.
2: But let, let, let me, uh, so I'm that's I, my I, well, let me let, let me ask you. You know, the, the Trump a- appeals, you know, as we know, very successfully to men. But in terms of if you, if you wanted policies that would really have changed those lives, would you, you know, had Bernie Sanders won, would arguably he not have, you know, taken away some of their health care worries or perhaps brought some of those industries back or find smart ways to do that? Do you think Trump has let those men down? Well, he's, in
1: many ways, he's let those men down. In many ways, he's exceeded their expectations because when he tweets those lunatic tweets, those kookalala tweets, they cheer. Trust me, I've Mm. been in parts of the country where, one cuckoo-la-la la tweet after the next is is like a symphony to these people. But what you're missing is is the corrupt Democratic— Well, he's
0: obviously—but he's let down a whole other a, subset of people, Donald uh, Trump. Uh, no, no, i Men included, that point. like mm-hmm. my brother, you know, I'm, I'm making who, that point. you know what I'm saying, would have voted for Bernie Sanders, and he's completely different than um, Donald Trump, and cries, and— plays the guitar. You so let know me, what
1: i let, let me make two observations, though. Number one, it was the same people at the Bernie Sanders rallies that were at the Trump rallies. Okay, Corey Lewandowski and I went to four Bernie Sanders rallies. I was at 26 Trump rallies. What do you mean it was the same people? The same complaint. The oh, the same, same complaint. Disenfranchisement. Okay. I, like, I don't mean the same exact people. Mm. I, mean, I thought they were serial. Here's my uh, issue. A bit, a bit more vegan. Yeah. Yeah, a bit probably, more, yeah. Maybe, but not necessarily. Mm. This is my issue. I'm disenfranchised with the system. I'm anxious about my job. I have some level of economic desperation. Trump was offering a different solution strategy and policy than Sanders, but it was the same group of people. Trump had an amazing crossover. They have the
0: same complaint, but they wanted it done very differently.
1: Correct. But yeah. but mm. Trump had an amazing crossover. I think it was 13% of the Sanders voters, primary voters voted for Trump. Mm. Don't forget that. So what, what Clinton did was she manipulated the system, very crooked. I'm not... I like her. I have nothing, I'm not just saying that they 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 took the nomination away from him. I can just sh- explain it to you with the super delegates and the way they manipulated the system, and they fed her debate answers, and they were doing everything they could to rig the system for her. And then when he realized all oh, hope was lost, he waved the white flag mm-hmm. at the convention and said, "I'm um, I'm for you." But when that got exposed by WikiLeaks and the powers that be through social media, his voters disaffected. Okay, Barack Obama got seventy-four percent of the Hillary Clinton primary voters to vote for him. She got less than forty nine percent of the Bernie Sanders voters to vote for her, mm. and that's the reason why she so she lost the election through the exposure of the rigging of that system. But I think
2: I think when you look at when you look at Trump and you look at Bernie and you look at perhaps where the the Democratic Party might be heading at the moment, it goes back to the idea of It's not work. The game isn't working for us. You know, I've been sat at this roulette wheel, and my number is just not coming in, and and I'm desperate. So I'm willing. I'm willing to do something more extreme. I'm willing to tip this table over. I'm willing to embrace the extreme left or the extreme right. And that's that's the challenge that that kind of liberalism has these days. That kind of centrist sensibility isn't appealing. But there's a big
1: reason for that, and you you sort of explained it in your book, but but I, I would explain it slightly differently. The reason for that is the establishment failed these people. I, I, you know, the UK, and the economy. Yeah, no question. Yeah. The UK, United States, let's plug into globalism. Uh, they sat around with the elites and the donor class. And they said, okay, we're going to set the system up for you guys. Oh, the banks are going to fail, no problem. Let's shoot a trillion dollars into the banks. And, oh, you lost your money in your little mortgage, your tiny roulette wheel. We're going to ignore you. But Bernie Sanders is right about all that stuff. So so what ended up happening is my blue-collar family, it was economically aspirational. 25, 30 years later, those same people are economically desperation. And, and
2: we're not going to do better than our fathers. We're the first generation in, in countless generations to not do better th- yeah. than our fathers. Yeah, policies. And, and, policies. And, 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 and this is the thing, I think... Uh, no planning, no infrastructure, no education, no training. And no when, policies. you know, when I guess when you guys joined the WTO, is it something like 3 million jobs directly shifted... China, plus all the other jobs. When China was allowed to join. So so, so
1: what happened was the General Agreement of Trade and Tariffs, the GATT, which was put in place in the late 40s by the Western powers, uh, they converted that to the World Trade Organization once we stopped using words like second and third world. As those economies became emerging economies, we we changed the name to WTO, and in 2001, we let the Chinese Mm. in. Now what we did was we let the Chinese in as a developing nation. They've rigged the currency against us. They flooded the market in a mercantilist way. Uh, they had astounding growth, and no politician in the West checked them. There was political malpractice by the EU, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, and the American president, uh, you know, presidents, Republicans and Democrats. So now they have a rise. they're still sitting in the WTO second largest economy in the world as a developing nation. That should never Mm. have happened. Okay, so so why are you laughing?
0: No, it's just funny, they're they're very developed. Very developed, so
1: so Trump is right about a lot of things, but he says it like a complete asshole. I mean, at the the end of the day, there's a group of men, knuckle-dragging, love that, Return of the Caveman, there's a group of vegans that hate it and they'll try to stab Trump's eye out with a ballpoint pen, but at the end of the day, He's going to win again, in my opinion. I'll tell you why. Because they have no alternative. Mm. They're not. They're not. Unless you disagree with me, you're more of a sociologist than me. Who are they putting up against him? He is a human wrecking ball. He is an orange bowling ball. I'm an extremely they're, stable yeah, genius. Yeah, he's yeah. an eleven. Yeah. He'll he'll knock those people into next week. You ever see him fight on a debate stage? He, and he'll say stuff that a normal politician that has been spending four decades comporting their language and, you know, saying mm. shit that no one really gives a fuck about. Trump is about, crazy. Mm. He'll, he'll say crazy-ass shit, mm. and, and people enjoy that. So who's I mean, going to beat him? Go ahead. I mean,
2: I, I, I guess Democrats need to win men uh, and, and peel some of those guys away who, who voted for Trump. And it goes back to my you know, what we were saying at the beginning. If If you are... Uh, suffering, if there's inequality, if you're not if you're not making that, uh, if you can't save, if you can't make your paycheck, then who are you going to look to on the Democrat side? And I think, you know, some of the stuff which seems to appeal is the system is rigged. Uh, you know, the stuff that Elizabeth Warren is saying, Pete Buttigieg, is it, interesting. I I don't know whether either of those two could be elected, but, you know, the stuff they're saying has enough of a radicalism to it, I think, to make you think, actually, it is rigged, and stru- structurally... The economy works against us, or maybe you, you know, if you're looking for that kind of father figure reassurance, then it would be it would be Joe Biden. It's you know he has those blue collar roots. Uh, you know whether
1: can't handle contact with the enemy.
2: I guess Joe, we'll, we'll Joe see, see in the next a, we'll see in the next debate. Okay, but
1: I, so do you guys he's think? The Rick Perry okay, can I of the ask Democratic you something? Party. He forgets things on the debate stage. Okay, so nope, is that because he's seventy six, or no, that's, his, if that's he would have done doing that at in nineteen eighty eight? he almost lost the debate to Sarah Palin, baby.
0: I mean, okay, but can I just say something less to to plan to your book? Like when I watch Elizabeth Warren, I'm I think to myself, there's absolutely no way that even if she said the most like profound thing, I could never vote for her because she looks so nervous and she looks so frail. Pocahontas. Pocahontas doesn't do it for me in like the in the physical way. Like I can't have her going up against like Putin, or the Chinese government, or but, whoever it may be, is that like a? Is there something wrong with me? I think.
2: I think. Or just like it's a little, lot of it's a little di- strange. I mean, if you look, if you look at you know Angela Merkel to look at, she, but she
0: doesn't look nervous. You know what I mean? No, she doesn't come across I think, like.
2: I, I think it's weird for me to say, but I think you're you're being a bit sexist. I though. am right. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you look at Elizabeth Warren. You think here's a really really smart self-made person with some very thought-out ideas, and she. Got her own agency, you know. She has, you know, she's she's worked the Washington system a bit. I, I,
0: so I'm being a reverse sexist, right? I think you are. I yeah. Get know, some
2: where, class. Where <laughs> do you, where'd you get that from?
0: I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. You know, I I don't know. I grew, I have two brothers, two sons, two nephews, a husband, and my parents grew up in the '60s in the United States, and by no means was you know my my mom and dad were very equal in many ways but of course they had their gender roles and it made me some of it plays into your life
1: well you're a friend of Tony Robbins he believes in gender roles what is your opinion of gender roles they're
0: they're fine unless they take over your life if you keep them in check that's fine but you know like if you're strapped to are
1: you married no single do you have a gender role when you're out dating
2: uh, <laughs> he role
1: play when you're dating. You could tell not role playing. Aren't we kidding talking kidding, about I mean. sex at some
2: point. <laughs> okay, I'm I uh, it's I mean it's, it's it's the whole thing of you know when 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 the bill comes, your your instinct is allow me you know first date let me get this. But at the same time, it's I don't want to be some 70s sexist where a man pays. So I you know I would just normally make a joke and say listen I don't want to undermine a century of feminism, but do you mind? I, I'm happy to get. to But the that's night.
0: like the best way to go about it what you just did. But that yeah, yeah. but you know
2: takes takes a while to kind of get there. But in terms of gender roles, I think I think one thing which gets a bit lost in modern society is that we are basically cavemen in suits. We haven't physiologically of the evolved. We haven't evolved That's in the 12,000 years that we, that we no stopped. No
0: update to the software. Go, go, right? yeah, go, exactly. on,
1: go on YouTube and watch the soliloquy. The Hold on. I want him to finish it, his point. I just, the return of the caveman.
0: Go. Are you getting like some sort of revenue off of no, the no,
1: return? No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm, not, like I'm not. I just think it's very... Yeah. Y- okay. So, so, you.
2: so we, we haven't evolved. We are essentially in the same bodies with the same wiring that we were out on the prairie looking for wildebeest and trying to hide from lions. And that means that we have, uh, we have this testosterone that needs to be vented. We have a higher genetic tendency to want to take risk. We need to take controlled risks. But we live in worlds which are ridiculous. We uh, are sedentary. You know, guys um, barely spend more than half an hour a day on, on their feet. Boys are being brought up where they have to sit on their hands and be nice boys instead of running around and being boisterous. And, and they're not allowed to cl- climb trees anymore or, 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 or take any risks and i I think it's this there's, there's this testosterone that just needs to be let out in, in a good way, not by going out and starting a brawl or denigrating women or anything like that, but we just we just kind of need to get the the hardware and the software in sync and mod, modern society you know this it's kind of crazy how we live to kind of get in a car, drive somewhere, sit on your ass all day, drive back, have convenience food um, it's, it's a ridiculous way of living.
1: Man boobs like Neil due to wow. excess soy consumption. No underwear, no thong. Right? Man boobs like him.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: So, so, but I mean, so your the reason why your book's resonating for me and why I predict the book is going to be a resounding success is that I have thought of fragments of what you have thought just like through... General observation, but you have really fingered it and identified it, and wrote ten or twelve chapters about it. Best effort, fingered it. Remember that? Remember that? Yes. So, <laughs> so we're making an inside joke about the whole fingering situation, which not totally, with me. Totally I don't, I don't know totally, if this translates. I don't know totally, if it's uh, totally inappropriate, uh, but it doesn't matter. But it's fine. But, mean, maybe, but maybe my, it's a different uh, American. interpretation. So my point, yes, I guess, exactly. my point, and I sort of asked this earlier, but I want you to mm-hmm. really drill down, and then we can talk about some current events. But how did you get to this? I mean you have a, I mean I don't know if there's reincarnation or not but the, when I was reading the book I was looking forward to meeting him, I said this guy obviously has an older soul there's a wisdom that you have and there's a duality to your personality where you understand and have empathy for the woman's side of the issue and for the man's side of the issue and you write about it and obviously you're a terrific writer but you write about it in a way where people say yes yes I've sort of thought about that oh wait a minute I thought about that and you're tying all these pieces together so how are you able to do that what do you attribute it to
2: uh, kind words. I guess, in having been a, a sort of journalist and a documentary maker, my mind is very analytical. So I, I I look and I drill down until I think I've reached a truth, and I can't can't stop till I get there. And then you want to tell people stories, but you know, doing documentaries thing, it's really about empathy. It's it's about putting yourself in another person's shoes. So you know, I I've done some BBC documentaries around immigration. You know, we basically got Brexit because. Uh, Tony Blair liberalised our immigration laws and, um, you know, the best part of a million Eastern Europeans came in very quickly. And on the one hand, you know, you, you can have empathy for what it's like to to come to uh, to, to, to move country. You know, when you're driven, and, you know, I've been to some Romanian villages which are dirt poor and you can think, well, if I was here, I'd, I'd want to go to London. But at the same time, you think, if I lived in one of these neighbourhoods and it suddenly changed overnight, would I want my parents to live here? So for me, it's about putting yourself in the shoes of whoever you're meeting or talking to. The problem to.
0: with me, I can put myself in both shoes and then I'm like really confused about what I think about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can think about how both sides think and then I'm like, well then what the hell am I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do about uh, it. You know? I don't
1: know what I said, uh, I don't remember. Most people see it
0: one way and one way only. I think it's better the way my brain works but at the same time it's more confusing. You know what I mean?
1: Well I think you're, I think. I think, you're probably like most people. I mean, what I hate about the society now. Really?
0: I feel like I'm not. I feel no, like everybody's think, like, yeah. no, this is how it no, is. No, people and are this anchoring, is...
1: anchoring to certain positions and need to be defined a certain way. Like I, I piss off Trump supporters because I tell people he acts batshit crazy. He should stop doing that. That's what I'm saying. You're not trip, allowed to do I, that because I, I, I you're supposed off. to be yeah, exactly. a Trump
0: person. So you have to yeah. be like stay super.
1: <laughs> he should stay where he is. <laughs> right. Right. So Trump's mad at me for doing that, but I don't give a shit. Right. And the flip side is I get Democrats mad at me because there's a lot of shit that Trump does yeah, that I But I'm talking I, about politics
0: like. aside. In life, aren't you usually able to see both sides of the coin? I am. And it's confusing. But That's we, do, we do
2: that less and less because we, we, we follow media that reinforces what we feel. Uh, right. already so so yeah i think it's it's look it's hard to be to, to when you when you overthink life is generally harder yeah. you know it, you don't sleep as yeah, well and fresh. and you have these decisions but you you sometimes come to wise decisions at the end of that so um and also going back to your point i think it's not being afraid to tackle some of the taboos so you know one of the things i was looking at was monogamy and you know from when you look at marriage and divorce rates, when fifty percent of marriages are, are going belly up, you kind of think something's not working. Um, and so you look at, okay, we we, we are apes uh, mm-hmm. in, in some form. And if you look at the size of our testicles and compare them to other apes, um, based oh. on that size, now we now are you're we, talking
1: about my my balls. Uh, mine are like grapefruits. Well, keep well
2: if they if, if they are, then you're more at the you're more at the chimp end of the spectrum. <laughs> the, ch- <laughs> the, chimp, the chimp Now, has,
0: where else can you tune in and fucking, hear the word "testicles" fucking, five times in uh, a half an hour? Only here.
1: My favorite author just called me a chimp, but <laughs> I feel i pretty good about it. I almost want to go over there and hug and kiss him. Okay, but chimp, keep going the, the reason
2: and the reason chimps yeah. have big testicles is because they are so promiscuous that they they, they try and produce. Okay, my
1: testicles are a lot smaller than chimps. I just want oh, to yeah, that okay, stay yeah. for the record.
2: Yeah. I don't know what's this going to do to your marriage, but the chimps are so promiscuous <laughs> that they need to they need to produce enough semen to flush out the guy before.
0: Oh my god.
2: Whereas a gibbon, Yikes. whereas a gibbon has small testicles and is largely monogamous. So it doesn't need to generate as much sperm as a chimp I because have, I
1: have pea-sized gibbon <laughs> testicles. I just want to I slather Restate it on. That. <laughs> I,
2: I, I can literally see them shrinking before my eyes. I, I, so yeah. They're they're little green giant peas in the frozen food <laughs> section. This is I crazy. Okay,
1: I just want to make sure everyone knows that I I want to retract uh, my chimpanzee sized grapefruit. I think they're now petit
2: pois. Oh, okay. yeah, they're getting right. smaller yeah. and smaller. Yeah. Exactly. They're but they we need electric
0: electron microscopes. But
2: humans humans are sort of somewhere between the two. So biologically, we're meant to be. Polygynous, which is one high-status male and several females, not great for societal cohesion. <laughs> but it's just good to know as a man that maybe
0: he's, he's like he's contemplating thinking about it. his life.
2: I'm yeah. like, not.
1: I'm saying this is why the Saudis are in so much trouble. Keep going.
2: Yeah. So, as a, as a man, at least at least you know that maybe you're fighting against your biology a bit. So, if you, if, if you do want to be monogamous which, and and have a lovely, warm, fully intimate relationship, know that you're fighting. Against this bi- uh, biology, so if this you're the kind of amazing g- alibi. So if the, yeah. so if you're the kind of guy who is susceptible, then you know, Dave
1: more is basically what but, I would recommend. Uh, essentially, do that or snap, just turn yeah. the crank once in a while when no one's looking
2: that that that's that's the that is obviously the solution about and, sex at some point you know, and, 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 yeah I'm maybe maybe you, you, could you, provide you, that no you turn the crank a little bit he's it'll, trying it'll
0: to make a serious point yeah, and that, I'm I'm it,
2: that. That, it wasn't it uh, it that serious oh, though, right. no
1: i'm trying to translate for people that you know you got to turn the crank so you can stay monogamous okay so i want your opinion on a couple i want Marry your opinion Nick. on a couple of things okay
2: ready Go on. Yeah,
0: oh trump
1: a racist yes
2: or no i mean it would be extraordinary to say he's not racist Sure, he's not, not racist. That, that, yeah. that, I mean, I, most essentially,
1: most say Trump is a racist. By the way, I, I mean, I mean that's even that's our final. prime
2: minister does. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. but the only person that won't is Boris Johnson because he's going to be our next prime minister and wants to strike a trade deal because we're in a sort of grovelingly desperate state. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I mean, it's,
0: and he's his doppelganger. They look the same from yeah. right. well, from well, afar. I've
2: mean, I mean, I defended
1: him because he's done the prison reform. He's helped the African American uh, community. There's a lot of Friends of mine that are in the African American community that like him, he did help get the Martin Luther King thing passed, but he's acting and sounding more and more like a racist every day. And so, if that's the move, it's if it's a win at all cost strategy, he's going to have a lot of people defecting. Him,
2: it's going to surprise him. Does he believe this? Does, you, know, is he, you spent time with. Well, listen it. Does, to does, me. does he think
1: Anthony
0: he, just debunked his own theory? You said he's very calculated, right? Well, that's yes or he's no? Gonna, he's asking hmm. that question right, right now. Right, so yes. either he was calculated about supporting the black community in the years prior to this, and this is really his true color showing now because he's losing it and he's not being calculated. This is calculated. This is calculated. Oh, this, is
1: calculated. this is him looking at his poll numbers. So he's saying, calculating that he wants to look numbers. like a racist? Yeah, he's saying, my poll numbers really suck. I'm going to double down on, on my the, base.
0: On the white on the white on crackers? White non- okay. On the white
1: nonsense. And that's what he's, that's what he's doing. Maybe, making a terrible mistake because you could have made a bet on the economy and uniting the country. But he, he's making a foolish bet because there's guys like me like, hey, dude, we, how are we going to support that?
2: Is it, is he Telling he ever said, people
1: to go back to the country that they came from when they were born in the United States?
2: Hey, listen. Has he, he ever said he, anything racist in front of you?
1: No, he, he's, he, too he's hard. never no no no. I'm trying to think of specific things. He's never said anything racist in a small setting. Not like that. But he does say calculated dog whistle things. Quite a few good people on both sides and uh I don't know who David Duke is when he knows who he is. You know, he he likes triggering people and he likes sending liberals down a rabbit hole of Trump derangement crazy. He has figured out more journalists on television that sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 mm-hmm. the better it is for him and his base. You see, so so the strategy is, wow, the economy's doing great, but 56% of the people hate my effing guts, so I'm going to triple down, and I'm going to see if I can get the white vote up to 72% from 62 I think
0: Anthony's all wrong. I think okay. he thinks the whole world loves him. I think he thinks. Yeah, I honestly think he thinks that everybody loves him. He's doing an amazing job, and he has he's got it covered, and he's just showing his
1: true colors. That's okay. So before we go, so Trump is a racist. That's your view. Um, I, I, said and, it, yeah, I said it. I said it more diplomatically
2: than the, than yeah. the British ambassador. <laughs> yeah, right he yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. said it more. It's obviously, but Derek, I love. I just wrote an op-ed in uh, in one of the I think the Daily Mirror about him. He's a very good guy. Mm. Big mistake by Trump. Missed opportunity to be magnanimous mm. in that situation. Okay, so uh, two more questions. Okay, um, there was a suspect. He was hiding. Mm. And he erupted a gigantic fart. Okay, Ripping my, ass. Yeah, I'm just not making this up. I mean, he just totally blew ass, okay, uh-huh. and got himself caught. Okay, so you're the sociologist in the room. So was that stress and pressure of the 100,000-year-old body that he's in? Was that a Freudian fart? Like, Ripping ass. I'm, I'm, <laughs> over, I'm over here, and I want to get caught? Or what do you think that was? Loud fart gives away suspects' hiding spots.
2: See, I, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would suggest <laughs> that he doesn't, he doesn't have enough of a, a probiotic-rich diet. And had he started that day with some prebiotic leafy greens, and then had some fermented sauerkraut, and had a kombucha before committing his robbery, <laughs> he would still be on the loose. He 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 would be. That sailing sounds off. like it would turn
1: me a human propane tank. What you just said—that's all good. No one. That's anyway, it, no it, no like anti-farting
2: stuff. It, it it it's it's the opposite. It's kind of it's like it's like releasing the valve. Um, right, it would be constantly right, coming out, so, so it wouldn't have so to be a the, big he'd blast. Be, he'd be retired in Bermuda by now.
1: <laughs> okay, so so when the podcast is over, I need your diet. You look very thin. I, also, I also do a
2: I, I do a BBC podcast called All Hail Kale, okay. which oh. is about wellness. And we, I did a show on the gut mind link. Ninety percent of your serotonin, your feel good. Chemicals are in your in your belly. So I was doing a show about what you can eat, which might make you be less of a miserable Brit. Um, so I, I can... So fish and chips okay. doesn't fall All into right, so that I'm, category, I'm right? All right, like, no. fish and chips the Double Stuff Oreos no. are
1: not helping me. I mean, they give me, like, a p- little price shock in the beginning, but... Not we, 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 can, we can do All a dietary right, so consultation we're gonna on that Yeah, I we're going to do... We're gonna, I may not we're, blow the covers off, although my d- my oldest of... You know, we have five children, but my oldest with Deirdre, Nick, when I, I tell... He, she tells him that she doesn't never fart. mm which is an absolute Trumpian sort of a lie. Okay, so I tell him. When no, she No, I tell fart,
0: him. Girl, women don't when, fart. When she moms farts, don't fart. And
1: literally, the whole roof, I of the house comes off. Farts in ass, front yeah, so of you. you. Oh, you don't fart. <laughs> it was like a machine. <laughs> It you was like a machine tool going off at the Palms Hotel over the weekend. I thought there was like construction <laughs> outside. You're me you tell me in a foreign word. I mean, that's ridiculous. But you, Again, but you, you are aware in
2: in, in in Britain, the word eats
1: a little bit of kombucha and fermented with, with, with sauerkraut. With, with what, okay, in, in, uh, like,
2: you know, <laughs> I mean, you got to be fucking <laughs> kidding me. Okay, it, anyway, yeah, I was going to say in in the UK, the word Trump also means fart.
0: It does, it does, right? You okay,
2: know that. Well,
1: man. He's, he's, oh, man, can you imagine the shit that blasts out of it's there? Literally, I mean, that's got to be fucking It's literally disgusting. like saying President
2: Fart. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. All right,
1: well, I love that. How
0: apropos. All right, so one oh, last God. thing,
1: 30 seconds left in the podcast. <laughs> Amazing book. Hold up the book, Neil. Let's take a look at the book, okay? But we're holding it up for yeah. who? They can't we're see it up us. it for me because I reread the me title. Up. Future oh, okay. Man How like- to Evolve and Thrive in the Age of Trump. Mansplaining in Me Too. But I'm telling you... If you want to understand the zeitgeist in a brilliant way, read this book. And it only took me about three and a half, four hours to read. So you designed the book for an air flight from like say New York to LA. That's how I felt about the book. I read it very quickly and very much so enjoyed it. Some great endorsements on the back. One last question. This Saturday we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the primordial ape, the 100,000 year old unevolved body setting foot on the moon. In your opinion, are we going back in that direction, or are we going back in the dinosaur direction? Like, which way is the human race going? Are we going to continue to evolve and advance scientifically and head for a transcendental moment of the sublime, or are we going back into our knuckle dragging chimpanzee sized testicle past?
2: I would, <laughs> I would say we're we're hitting a crossroads, and some people are going to turn left and have this kind of crazy amazing technologically rich future but automation is going to wipe out millions of jobs and there are going to be lots of people who can't get a toehold in that economy who are going to think is it worth it you know i'm maybe i'm going to go back to a more natural way of living i don't want to be someone getting a sort of basic and minimum wage from the state whilst other people are living this kind of amazing life so i think i see a sort of utopia and a dystopia. Coming our way.
1: Okay, I think that's another brilliant exposition on your part, and that is the crisis of political leadership because it does not have to be that way. There have been several seismic changes in technology where we've been able to figure it out.
0: It's like the cane. Tim Samuels you're it a superstar. You off the stage. Thank you. Thanks I need, for being guys. Here I t- need t- your
1: anti-farting. I need your anti-Trumpy diet. Okay, I got to get. I got to get you Okay.
0: <laughs> See you next Tuesday.